man, just listening to these Sci High the Prince Travis Scott reference tracks getting pumped up to do this podcast. When's the last time you heard the word Sci High the Prince? Sci High, uh, I, I assumed he was one of those guys that had found his niche uh, below the celebrity line and was probably making a lot more money than we realized, which this proves that fact. I mean, there could be a lot of people listening right now who don't even know who that is. He, he he's, Is he a Chicago guy? He's a rapper from Chicago? Uh, yes, he is. Um, but he was a Kanye West affiliate, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of, you know, his career never. Really- oh, actually, you know, he might be from Atlanta. To be honest with you, the name the name Sai Hai is never gonna take you to stardom, I guess. And also, who wants to be a prince when everyone is talking about king <laughs> shit? You know what I mean? God, I'm a prince. It. It's not bad. Oh yeah, he's from Stone Mountain, baby. Stand up, ATL represent. You already know what the fuck going on. Stone um, Mountain, bro. On this side, Stone Island only. I understand. Uh, well, Stone Island's a racist monument that is being dismantled. There's a huge problem with it yesterday. So, really? Uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, it's the it's the Confederate monument in Atlanta. It's like a giant giant stone with shit like dudes carved in the side, mm. like Confederate heroes carved in the side. And yesterday there was a big clash between, um, you know, white rednecks with machine guns and I, and, I was and I was more protesters. talking about the Stone Island that makes orange sweat sweatpants for $800. Yeah, I I mean, look, if I had to choose anything with stone in it, that would be my probably number one choice. <laughs> um, but but our, our, our mutual friend, Decatur Dan, just sent a, a link to some sci-high reference tracks where he apparently wrote the popular Travis Scott song. Um, what's it called? Sicko Mode. Sicko Mode, which I actually consider to be a Drake song. Um, yeah, but, it is a Drake song. Um. Big Drake came. I mean, what did, what did you think about the new Drake song? Um, you talking about "Laugh Now, Cry Later"? Yeah, off I'm going to say off of "Certified Lover Boy." Certified Lover Boy in stores coming September at some point. But yes, I, I I "Laugh Now, Cry Later." I'm giving it a seven of ten mid. I'm I'm going to go. I'm going to go six point five. Um, red Reggie, me. I've Reggie to leaning mid. I've I've <laughs> uh, sorry, Reggie trending mid, mid. mid rising. Um, but the uh, the birth the birth, the root date of that song is unfortunately going to be Reggie with with a rising mid. I understand that. I, I've listened to it in the car a few times and it grew me a little bit. Um, but I just like the melody. But I also think the beat is kind of a broke boy's trophies. Mm, I mean, dun, 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 dun. it's like very similar, but yeah. with a keyboard instead of actual horns. I mean, I kind of, I've, I've, I've watched the video a few times. Honestly, I don't even know how the song goes because it doesn't really have a hook. Yeah, and the, the beat, little I, Dirk verse, the little Dirk verse where he says, "I'll, I'm gonna have Drake surrounded by Drakes," talking about Dracos is very cool. Yeah, I mean, like, like our friend Dan was saying, nice to see him give little, little Dirky, uh. A good look. Well, come on. We know that we know that Drake loves to give a look to somebody who's legitimately from the streets. <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a that's true certified Drake move. But I agree. Lil, still, Lil I mean, Dirk, it's like, much like his Chicago bro um, compatriot Chief Keef, he has he has put out a lot of music that is really bad, but still yes. cool because he's a real street actual street rapper, you know. Yes, that's why I, I think that that is is uh, is okay if you're real. I don't know why, but that's like that's Gucci Mane too. You know what I mean? Yeah. He put out so many fucking mixtapes. But I think they should have I, had Pop Star be the single. I think Laugh No Cry Later is it's okay, but and the and the video was pretty good. It was it was very much just in the style of 
of you know that old Drake style, but he was using his his access to celebrities as the as the hero theme of the video maybe a little bit too much. I disagree. I quite like the video. I think it's actually very funny. I think it's really timely, right, for right now. Like it's like because, uh, fun because and funny. It, it's it's filmed in total isolation in in a, in bleak darkness juxtaposed with exorbitant spending and wealth and and cars that aren't available for purchase. Um <clears throat> I never thought about it that way, but <laughs> to me the I, video I guess, feels very very isolated because it had well, to Well, I be, think it's I think if you shoot a video on the closed down Nike campus in the middle of the night, it's going to feel isolated. I think that's the point. Yeah, but it it doesn't it doesn't really incite any excitement from me. It's more of just like this, you know, here is it it it, it isn't fun. It, it just I'm not going to be excited about a music video in 2020, but why, I mean, why not? We have to be excited because that's about not music, music videos barely music videos barely serve a purpose. I don't even know who watches them. The only reason we're watching that video is because it's a Drake video, and he's the biggest artist in the world. Yeah, like, we don't. You don't. I mean, I I guess if something there's a viral aspect or something, we watch it because it's like on YouTube and it's easy. But like beyond that, I don't know who's watching music videos besides super fans. Which um, when you're Drake is enough. Lots of lots of younger people watch videos a lot. I don't um, know if that's true. Because if that was true, I don't think the budgets would have g- gone down by 150% since we were – It know, just depends we on the there. genre. Do you think those those Blackpink and BTS budgets are going down? Uh, probably because they don't the, – Okay, the they, black, they went from black, $4 billion to $3.5 <laughs> No, because a Blackpink or a BTS, the fans are so insane. They could literally shit out a TikTok-level video and, and it's all hitting. They, it doesn't they matter. They could – but they don't. They choose to. I, I think they spend a lot of money on on their production and all their shit because they just make so I'm much. Sure. And they and they really believe in the craft of of creating a quality product. Versus American rappers are often kind of uh, limping in, as it were, and then hoping to maybe keep those minuscule budgets for themselves so they can buy Boa Steakhouse. Fucking appetizers. When speaking of speaking of not to not to switch topics just abruptly, no, but when switch. are we going to Boa? When are we going to Boa to see these TikTokers? I think we should actually do this. This could be funny. How long how long has Boa been around for? Boa's been hot since the since the Hills era. <laughs> it <laughs> At has least. Um Boa was hot ish in the Hills era, which I, was I guarantee you Boa's doing ago, numbers. And I don't I guarantee I don't think you Boa it, does Numbers every night, guaranteed. I don't. I don't think that Boa has maintained its cool. I mean, I guess that is the the perfect example of TikTok being large and huge and influential and powerful, but also just disgustingly uncool. So uncool well, that they're like Boa is the only place that will really let us cook right now. Well, I think there. I mean, unintended I don't think it's like that. I th- well, I think there's truth to that, but I also think Boa is open and Boa's probably given them a deal. Right, and and that's and they and live that's right the, there. That's that's kind of that's Boa is the Donald Trump of of restaurants in L. A. They're the only. I see know. all these. <laughs> I saw a Twitter account tattletailing on some TikToker for having a party. Like that's like the whole account was a thread showing all the people. Why do people? What what pleasure do you get out of telling on twenty year old hotties? Like what good? How does well, that make if you're you a twenty year old ugly and who is not invited? It's to not that though. Party, it's adults. Good that's what I'm saying. No, it's adults. That's what's so dark about it. Like all this, like literally putting, going on TikTok and screenshotting <laughs> videos of teenagers partying together and then telling on them is insane to me. I mean, that, that, is, that is so very insane. pathetic. But what is is it more pathetic to 
to tattletale on these 15-year-olds for having a, a beer pong tournament in Calabasas, or is it is it more dis, you know is it more terrible to to celebrate them and write stories about them and praise their positivity and like interview them and be like, what are you up it's, to now, Tyler? Both are bad. It's equally stupid because it's not interesting. It's like these lobotomized hotties dancing to videos with nail polish on is so uninteresting to me. I can't they're no they're not even that talented. It's not there's nothing like talking about your life is not a talent. That's not like it, it, showing it, people it, a look at your life is not a talent. a talent, but it is a talent now. The bar, the bar for that, you know, it, it is odd because we as a people have advanced so far in the world of mental health in the last, you know, couple decades, or at least in our lifetime. You would think that we would not reward such basic entry level, you know, conversations about mental health. Where people, you know, just an influencer dum dum can start a TikTok or I'm a YouTube sad. or or a, or a podcast I'm, I'm and say like, sometimes I get sad and I talk to my friends and friends are important for that and everyone's like, oh, fuck, mind equals blown. You just fucked me <laughs> up, bro. Fuck me all the way up. So wait, you're hot and you're rich, but you still have problems. Damn, I think it really makes you think. I think it's just you know the the intelligence. Of people, I mean, did the intelligence of people? Uh, I don't know. It, it, we 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 continue to get smarter and smarter and dumber and dumber and d- all at the same well, time. Well, I I, th- I think that the uh, you know if it's if it's their peers ta- discussing it, then I totally understand. But it's not. It's like adults dissecting it in this in this way. That's like, is this really your life's goal? I mean, like. I guess if you get paid for it, you get paid for it. But I just like yeah. I can't believe you could find that interesting for a long period of time. Like these people are fucking boring. They are. And that's how little most Americans have to live for. Where the th- yeah. the best use of their time is like, you know what, I'm gonna stop watching TV and I'm gonna do something with my life. I'm gonna start a freaking Twitter where I where I update people about the whereabouts of TikTok stars in different places in the valley. I also last night I, I switched on my um my uh my TV here and I I, I you know f- flicked on the, the a little streaming service you may have heard of called Netflix and <laughs> there there's a new show about wellness tra- I think it's called Unwell. It's like a six part series about like wellness trends yeah i, I think I, I saw that the first one is about essential oils and it is fucking good <laughs> highly <laughs> recommended it's so fucking weird like basically like like pyramid scheme marketing to sell essential oils from like weird christian families oh like it's, oh does it's, it talk about what one of the brands is yeah, there's like two big ones. I can't remember their names right now, but there's two because, big brands. Because I know it is kind of a pyramid scheme, and I know that because my mom may have used to or may still participate in one of those. Damn. But also, it, a, a lo- I've seen a lot of a lot of moms fuck with. Yeah, that. it's a mom. It's basically it's basically a Christian suburban. Well, one of the I didn't the, know the there's a Christian angle though. I didn't I didn't think that Christian people fucked with essential oils unless well, one unless of the guys it's canola. One, yeah i went there one of the guys one of the guys they interview dr z who's a fucking total serial killer and his wife and they have like four kids and they live of course in georgia and um he's 
he started his own program and he's like a millionaire from teaching you how to make your own oils and how to like use them and how you can ingest them. Cause a lot of people say you shouldn't. It, it's interesting. I highly recommend Damn, it. Damn. I'm about to watch. I mean, it, it, it doesn't seem very cost effective to make your own essential oils. Well, you can't, I guess I, I can't remember what the rules are because of what the FDA, like if he tells you how to make them, then he can tell you about their healing properties and like to ingest them. Uh, but if he if he if he sells actual oils and tells you to ingest them, then it's illegal. You know, it's like a, it's all for like legal loopholes. He, felt, he found a, lo- a loophole in the system. Exactly. I live in Kennesaw with my four kids, and you know, <laughs> when we're not praising Jesus, we're drinking we're drinking oil. Well, when did um, when did this happen though? When when because you growing up in in the sweet Georgia South. No, this no, is not, no, moms no, this is, were fucking around with like have rub a little. We had Tupperware in my day. In my day, it was Tupperware parties. Yeah, um, which but it's the same idea. It's basically okay, like you boomer. get a woman to have a party at her house, and she gives you some cucumber water and some sandwiches, uh-huh. and she sells you the shit, and you buy it, and then you have to sell. It. You know, it's it's, mm-hmm. it's pretty incredible. But I, I would honestly, I would recommend it. Like that, that was um, very interesting. I, I only made it. I didn't make it through the whole episode, but I got close. Do you think if I tell my mom to watch it, she will she will quit the essential oil game, cold turkey, on site? It it depends, Jason. I don't know how 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 the benefits are working for Karen, or how like or, how, or how deep in the game she is. She might need yeah, she could, more more. She could be stacking goo op. She could be stacking <laughs> goo op with them oil sa- oil sales, and might She's not like Jason. Give up if that you knew how money. many fucking keys I was moving a week, you would shut the fuck up. <laughs> All right, <laughs> bitch. I only sleep because there's lavender oil. You think I'm gonna just give it up? Like that's crazy. She has the Thule on her right now. <laughs> Do not say Thule. All right, I will watch that. We, um, yeah, and I was thinking when we were talking about Little Durky, Chief Keef just turned 25. Isn't that fucked up? Chief Keef has insane. been a part of our lives for so long, and he I saw is somebody so say this young. A- about his birthday yesterday that he's he's like influenced two generations of rappers and he's only 25 which is pretty crazy maybe three think about yeah yeah i mean i'm not as big as a, a keef i'm more of a other keef head but uh <laughs> we know what is the other keef chris uh keef richards the original <laughs> keef from the rolling stones <laughs> you wow, may have heard I'm of proud him That's of you where... for pulling that out of your ass um rob style i, I, I I don't look. I'm a I'm a great improver. Um, I think that I think that he might have actually taken some liberties with his name from Keith Richards. I don't think that's impossible to think. <laughs> I really, you know, it, it's making me feel like if, <laughs> if you still stuck with smoking weed and long enough to enter the part where everyone had like a funny Twitter name pun thing where it wasn't just their name, Keith Richards okay. for you is something I'd like Damn to see. That- that is pretty funny. That is pretty good. Our friend, I mean, our man, our man dances is is well known for for being a master of that game. Incredible, incredible work. Honestly, it makes me some of those some of his name changes make me lol. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah, Chief Keef has put out a lot. Where is he now? Does he live in L.A. and just kind of got fat and rides motorcycles? I think or he lives in L.A. Yeah, I think he lives in I don't know where in L.A. Probably in the Valley. Um, Definitely. because he has a song called the valley and it's about <laughs> <laughs> living in the valley and smoking a lot of trees in the valley and then girls come to see him in the valley etc great one of his one of my favorite songs of his but he looks he looks definitely older than than you and i 
Well, I don't think Mr. I don't think Chief Keef is taking care of himself. <laughs> Chief Keef is the oldest looking twenty five year old. He looks <laughs> he looks like he has like he's neck and neck with people who have like the the reverse Benjamin Button, whatever that is. Like people who are clinically diagnosed with a thing that makes them look older. He is he has matched them and if not exceeded just by drinking so much cough syrup. And smoking yeah, so many. Yeah, I was about swishers. to say if you smoke if, if you smoke enough lean if you drink enough lean, bro, it can it can really do something to he your face. He looks like a ghost. He looks like when you know you would watch Jackass and they would put on old people makeup. That's that's. I bet he's and I bet he's got them fucking Robins or them Truey sagging mm-hmm. with the Gucci belt boxers. His ethnic E T H N I K boxer briefs <laughs> showing. And all you of know? the you know this and this comes from a loving place. Um, Chief Keef, if you're yeah, listening. Yeah, no hate. No, that's that's Trust the Trust me, I'm a, I'm a big fan. Jason wishes he could make his dread shake like yours. Um, <laughs> you know, he Jason just, I, I just want to see, I just want to know what's in that mind of his, you know? I don't think there's much except rapping. <laughs> and I think that's really it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I met Jason downtown yesterday in absolute hell, 100 degree weather in downtown LA to pick up some baked goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, we went to, to the Grand Central Market foodie destination of Los Angeles, and Chris could not have been less into it for sure. <laughs> it was it's awful. Uh, I did watching you eat a bagel with cream cheese in a hundred degree heat was pretty cool. Um, as you far were, as I you, had, were, you made you me were straight up disgusted watching me. <laughs> you made me eat tip a, your OnlyFans while you were eating a bagel. This is this is a spilled. food. You know, it's a Saturday morning. Yes, it was hot, but you know. Saturday morning, you meet up, grab a grab a coffee with your friend, eat a bagel. That's a thing that millions of watching, people do every watching day. Watching your friend kill himself with carbohydrates <laughs> in the scalding heat is not something I enjoy. I'm sorry. Bro, That's I mean, just- how does it feel to watch me scarf these carbies yet be <laughs> so shredded at the same time? That's got to do something to, to the psyche of yours where... You're not as shredded, yet you you just like you smell kelp noodles for your lunch. You know you don't even eat them. <gasps> oh, Jason, that's cute, and that's got to do a number on, it on doesn't, the mental. And I but hope I did you know, come, giving I your did therapist last, a real you know, getting your money's worth. I did though last night sample some of I, I bought most of the stuff as gifts, but I had to sample some of the chocolate chess pie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, shout out to my, Nicole Rucker. You can you can follow her on Instagram Fat and Flower. She's she's the plug. That shit was absolutely fucking slapping. It is so good, and I hadn't <laughs> had it in a while. I, I forgot because I, when she had her restaurant, I remember trying all the pies. But this is so insane. But my god, is it good? It is so fucking good. So Chris eating a big old slice of chocolate pie. A okay. Me eating a bagel with cream cheese. Disgusting. No, well. I think the I don't think actually the bagel with cream cheese is disgusting. I think the whole environment was disgusting. You didn't you didn't like my 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 wet little mouth crunching down on there. Maybe a little bit God. of that cream cheese squirts out the back. I watched a, a dollop of cream cheese hit a corona infested seat next to Jason and hit. I know I know his ass would have would have licked that up. You really you really think I would have licked a not licked you would have you would have gotten, you, your, you would have gotten the bagel into that as well. Yes, you would have dipped the bagel back into the to the discarded cream cheese. I can't even talk about this. I'm actually feeling ill. I mean, like this is making me sick. Look, I am I am not the I'm not the classiest of eaters in the world, but I would never have some cream cheese drop onto a public Corona seat in downtown LA. Where even even the flowers smell like human piss, and then 
dip my <laughs> corner of my bagel in and take a bite. That is that is a bridge too far, even for I. I I don't even know about you anymore. Yeah, I mean, who would who would do eating something? dairy eat eating dairy and eating dairy in a hundred degree heat is is honestly I felt like you were testing yourself. You ate you ate dairy in a hundred degree heat just like four hours after that. Bitch, it was nine p.m. and I was inside in air conditioning. We were sitting outside under the sun. You had just rode your, you were drenched with sweat. See, this is the type of podcasting that people really want to hear. Okay, we we do have a guest today. Um, we need to talk to our guest of- about macro plates, Cat Williams, and I have fifteen more minutes on Chief Keef. No problem. I, I, we need a tight fifteen from you on Chief Keef. Mm-hmm. Our guest today is is friend of the show, um, creator of the the only newsletter I pay for, the New Consumer. His name is Dan Frommer. Um, longtime friend. He has been in the game uh, for for quite a while. He's much smarter than both of us, so I think we can get some answers for him on the future and why everyone is starting a newsletter. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a he's a journalist that covers all things consumer, and he's he's a master of credit card points and flights and all flight miles and all that stuff. Lot to cover. He also just moved, him and his wife just moved here. Neither of them can drive. Like, don't have licenses. Have never driven before. Which so that's very interesting to me. Ooh, okay. So right, he's also a, a cuck. Well, let's give him a jingle. Yeah, he's a cuck. Well, she's a cuck too. So who wins? All right, let's give Yo, him a call. Ladies is cucks too. <laughs> J- J- Jason. Okay, let's call him. Yeah, Dan. Dan is cool. I get it. <laughs> What's up, bro? You know, I don't think I've actually laughed ever as hard as the first time I saw Ali G. Think that is probably true for a lot of people, and that shit was really funny. I, I, I yeah. have a, I have a, a, a contender. First time in the theater seeing Borat the film. Yes, I that's may true. I may have laughed harder. I remember seeing. I, I used to be obsessed with Allergy. Loved it. When I saw Borat in the theaters, I'll never forget this. A stranger sitting next to me grabbed my arm as a reflex, <laughs> without looking at me, asking permission. Just with you know, stream of consciousness grabs my arm because they. Just uh, couldn't I went anymore. to a screener for that movie. And Flex. who's the dude? Uh, who it was like, you know, organized by MySpace or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Tom? <laughs> back back in the day, who who's the dude who's not David Copperfield who does that kind of David shit? David Blaine. David Blaine. David Blaine was sitting right in front of me. Um, it was weird. <laughs> that sounds great. So you, so yeah. I'm, I'm glad that all of this is on the pod. Not only my Borat story, but yours as well. Uh, yeah, that was pretty cool. That was like probably my second year in New York and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I always so find those like screenings this. to be a little, a little, like they're either like very cool and it's like all the, the who's who of people I want to rub elbows with, or it's like six guys taking notes at 10 AM yeah. in midtown. There's no in between on the screenings. Like you well, either concentrate too much on the movie or you can't concentrate at all on the movie yeah I, this was not like a press screening for reviewers this was more of like a red carpet this was like a pre-influencer type thing for for like normal people i mean or like report non-industry I, press but this i was tried back- to think about i tried to think about a time before influencers dance if those you could screenings not bring always down. happened one hour after the posted time because you know how these influencers yeah. be well, they also God. made me put my Palm Trio in like a Ziploc bag or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Did you, you saw the original 1976 Borat? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. Damn, Palm Pilot. Palm Trio. Can you, Dan, actually, I, I've been wondering this. 
Can you explain to me what – so when you when you go to see like overrated comedian Dave Chappelle, let's say, Whoa. and they give you a – they give you the bag to put your phone in, what is that called? How does it work? Like what do those things actually do? Because I, I don't understand it. You know what's funny? That's the last time that happened to me was <laughs> like 2006. I have no idea. I think mostly they just – don't want you to record. But does stuff. it scramble? Does it scramble the no, signal or no, something? I think I think it's literally just like a an, an indexing or cataloging system where they it's just a coat check for your phone. Okay. So it's a way that everyone gets like a little number or whatever. So when you go at the end of it and retrieve your phone, it's just sitting there. Okay, I was oh, under the yeah. impression that it. I'm, I was under the impression that it like scrambled the signal and and like rendered your phone useless. I mean, it might be a tamper-proof bag, so they know that you haven't opened it, so that you're not recording with it. But I don't know. I haven't, you know, hilariously, I guess that was the peak of my uh, my access to stuff I wasn't supposed to have access to because <laughs> I haven't had my phone taken. Where away did you since work then? then? Where were you working then? I was at Forbes.com. That was my first job in New York. And what do those guys do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These so, days, uh, whatever you want them to do. Oh, was that was it? Was that the prime of the Forbes lists? It was probably right after. Like those probably it was before the thirty under thirty blew up, but it was like, you know, pro- Forbes lists probably had their peak influence like early two thousand like two thousand or something like that, before everything was online, before everyone was online. When you would so actually you use th- that list to have some real organic discovery. Yeah, and like it was harder to dispute things, you know, because those mm. lists are. I've never worked on like the master lists, but they have a whole team that does. Um, you know, there's a lot of research that goes Talk into it. Talk about a dream they, job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's lying, though, right? Maybe. Like you can't you can't really find out how much somebody's worth publicly. Um, I mean, if they're if they're like a CEO of a public company, you can see how much stock they have in the company, and that's you know that's where most of those. You know, that's how every day someone can tabulate Jeff Bezos' net worth. That's at least because, how I do it. Yeah, totally. Same. Um, <laughs> but a lot of those are people whispering, like, this is how much we have, which is why why, and how Trump got to be on a lot of those lists because he would just say stuff, I guess. I don't know. I, n- I never worked on that list, so I don't want to. First of all, RIP Trump's bro. Yeah. His 71-year-old younger brother. Shit. I love. <laughs> I love that people just are like, "Damn, God took the wrong one." That's the only response I've seen to that guy dying today. I was that. I, I, you just reminded me. I need to do my "God took the wrong one" and then have a picture of Chris Farley and then a picture of DJ Khaled. <laughs> wow. They're both unrelated, but you know they they both could lose some lbs. Let's be honest. I forgot. I forgot about that. That you work, we workshop that a little bit offline. So I'm glad that you remembered that because sometimes I forget the heat. You know, you know, it's it's it could be considered in poor taste to you know make make fun of the dead on Twitter. I I or don't literally know if, wishing death upon someone. I don't know if poor taste exists anymore. You know what I mean? That's I think true. that's kind of out the window. I think we can we can let it spray. I but there was a the reason I was asking about the Forbes list too is because there was a big controversy this year because of the the the. Jenners, right? You know what I mean. For that yeah. same reason that you're saying, it's like they just told us and we believed it, and then people were like, "That's not true." Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and sometimes um, 
it's I don't remember the the exact details, but it sounded like there were fabricated documents and a lot you know a lot of the stuff is like based on a camera phone picture of like you know <laughs> one page of a tax return. I would guess I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jason, to get me on the thirty under thirty list, Jason is already working on a fake birth certificate for me <laughs> to prove that to that say that my age. Too, I bet. I'm is sure actually 28, and that I've I've been involved in countless successful startups, but I just like to keep it quiet. Yeah, we you know. last weekend we filmed a, a birthday party for Chris where he blew out his 27 <laughs> candles, and we're, we we that's have your to, proof right yeah, there. Yeah, we have to go anecdotal evidence. A- anecdotal evidence. I'll post on my TikTok so all my young fans can see it, and then it'll it'll kind of reverberate all the way to Forbes for their listing. Chris is purposes. one of those guys who's it's, I'm 27 again. He's one of those. <laughs> exactly, you know exactly, exactly. You know the type. Uh, Dan, how are you settling into LA, bro? I told Jason you guys just moved here, and neither you or your wife has a driver's license, which is fucking insane. Yeah, we got to yeah. get into that. What is what is the closest? Have you found your dispensary yet, or are you still <laughs> shopping around? I just got back from what I call the East Side Yuppie Triathlon, which is uh, <laughs> run easy, easy, run three miles to the Atwater Farmers Market. Uh, oh shit! Then shop in your sweaty running shirt, and then walk home uphill <laughs> with tote bags. Damn, this is the TJ Damn. workout plan. This is this it's, was yeah, my yeah. life every day for years when I lived in in Gatwater. What did you what did you cop at the Atwater Farmers Market? But first of all, that's the biggest scene on the east side. It's 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 the new nightclub. Um it it's was the last some, place where cool people may exist. They, I was they somewhat embarrassed. My my second day living here, I I ran into two people from Brooklyn I knew. Damn. Uh, fellow, nothing is fellow worse than permanent that. transplants or just uh I think so, yeah. Damn. Um just like Chris. Uh, dispensary I I've been ordering online. Is that lame? I don't. Know. I didn't know you. I didn't know you were a, a puffer of the grass, Dan. Oh, really? Oh. <laughs> is that a is that a big part of your personal brand? Uh, depends on the year, but some some years, probably this what, year. What is so what is your, your preferred method of nug delivery into your mental? <laughs> are you a are you rolling up swishers? Do you have a six footer? Are you a dap king? <laughs> Uh, so I'm also a guy who owned a Sony mini disc player in high school. <laughs> so Sam? I'm going to let you, gu- I'm going to let you guess. Um, I think that you probably have like a charming little, little one hitter pipe or, or maybe a little bit of a bubbler situation or, Oh, interesting. But I think smart money is on the fact that you're a joint roller. Huh. Well, when I lived in Astoria, Queens by myself in a 200 square foot studio, all I had was a one hitter. And let me tell you, that's not good for the lungs. No, uh, <laughs> I, I agree. One, one hitter lungs. is rough. Chris, Chris used to yeah. be a one hitter daddy. Yeah. I, I mean, that's some New York shit. I don't think people use those outside of New York, really. Probably not. Um, now, you know, I, I, uh, I have one of these PAX era pod things. Mm, that makes sense. And I'm surprised. So you're not smoking the Chrome Heart Chrome Hearts runts just to the dome <laughs> with with a blunt wrap or may, I, I, if you had a bong, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I'm also a, a, a Polish guy from Chicago, so I'm like, I'm one and done. Give me a give me like a half hit on a on a Pax Pod, and I'm good mm. for like two the, or three. The Polish hours. not known for their marijuana tolerance. I don't know. I just <laughs> made that up, but we'll see. I don't – what's up with PAX? Like those things were really thriving for a while. I feel like they had their lunch eaten by big marijuana. It's possible. There's another one on my radar. I just saw it that, that has like 
I don't know. It just looks a little chicer. So I might There's check it out. There's one called Airgraft. That's a little that's more chic one, looking. Yeah. I, th- I think what happened to it was was the Pax was was the first dispose or the first vaporizer that used real real tree and uh, quote yeah. unquote flower. And then everyone thought that was that was a a good thing until until all the oils and weed pens and vape pens and everything the technology kind of caught up and then you you didn't have to load it like every time you would use the packs you have to load it up with with flour that you have to grind in a grinder it's a whole it's a whole mess yeah i had one of those too and i didn't really use it very often uh i like the disposable pens and then the the you know the the this is the rechargeable pen thing i i don't know how bad it is for me is it worse than than a joint i don't know probably better but I, I'm not sure. Does your life partner also smoke on that on that Reggie? No. We so the other thing is, um, what's up, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Jason. Jason said ten terms for weed in the last one oh, minute. Yeah, that's I'm just pretty good. Imp- I'm just impressed with his Cali bro. He, I feel like he's sitting at home with dicky shorts and high socks on right now, <laughs> making these getting these jokes off. He's got you, bro. He's got a checklist that he needs to get through. Mm-hmm. Like um, the thought, the thought of yeah, saying Reggie to you is just something that made me chuckle. I love it. I'm I'm also kind of interested in the uh, edible products out there. I'm off an edible right now. Yeah, um, I I actually did an interview with one of the founders of this brand called Rose. Which yeah, was, yeah, we're for, we're familiar. Yes, yeah. the guy Scott from Squirrel. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I interviewed his co-founder, but um, and I did email with with Scott a bit. Um, I I love that stuff. So that's I have some of that now. The one of their they do, do you think? Can you explain to people what that is? Because I actually, even though I'm not consuming, I think it's a really interesting and very cool looking product. But when I see it, and when even when it's explained to people, I think they might not understand what they're actually ingesting. Yeah, I guess the technical term is a Turkish delight, which I hadn't really eaten before. So. They're delicious. They're delicious. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not quite a gummy. It's a little more. It's a little chew. It's less chewy than a gummy. It's like a cube. Um, yeah, I mean, go on there. It's Instagram kind of like a, their website. It's a, it's a gummy. It. It's a gummy that is gummified through natural. For, for natural processing and not artificial, like between a jam and a jelly, not to get squirrely on it. Yeah, exactly. It it is between a jam and a jelly. That's a great way of putting it. And you know, they say it, one of the reasons it's expensive is that it it's real fruit and it's fruit from like straight up real farms. Like the you know the, they're straight up in they have relationships with some really really interesting farms that um, that they there was one that was uh, a peach with. Oolong tea. Um, this this new one I have is like strawberry and olive oil and some other stuff. It's, yeah, that and sounds we good. were actually just yeah, talking about Nicole Rucker, who also she did a collab flavor. Right, with it's them. coming out this week. Right, yeah. So it's like a very yeah. ingredient chef driven marijuana edible brand for the, for yeah. those with a gourmet palate. Much and like it the doesn't three give of us, off two of us. <laughs> exactly. It, it doesn't doesn't give off weird like. Some I, I you know I, I I write about modern brands and i so I study all the the cannabis brands and so many of them have like a 2006 NFL logo <laughs> vibe to them or like the, the bar is XFL set logo. very low to stand out with with yeah, great like branding the, in the weed the game barbed wire and 
and stuff like that. And then a lot of them are do not come for cheetah piss, and their brand their brand strategy is is <laughs> yeah, airtight. We, we're yeah. very loyal to cheetah piss and cookies on this podcast, They've, so just know that before you go any further. All right, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then a bunch of them are are like pulling off traditional like stoner trope visuals and that kind of stuff and and rose is neither of those it just feels like a food brand almost but mm-hmm. no i um, think rose it packs and, and a punch do you get i was about to say do you get twisted off the rosies though? i mean i again being a lightweight i you know once i took half of one and then got on the subway and and went to uh this was pre-core i woke so we up in connecticut like some, <laughs> yeah no went to some galleries in in chelsea and that was definitely a weird afternoon uh but I love that for you. I've kind I, of well, learned to pace myself now, and um, you know. So you were just any, a little five milligram daddy at this point. Probably like three to five, yeah. Ooh. I like that packaging, and I think the other one that I've seen that's good is Pure Beauty. Those are the sexiest yeah. packaging wise that totally. like you you want to buy it without knowing what's even in the package, which I think is it. Kind of makes me feel yeah. old growing up, where there's just like cool, interesting branding and and billion dollars worth of creative business going into. Selling weed, yeah, a thing that was illegal not very long ago. But Dan, do you think it's it's peaking, or do you think we have like a lot of time still for the, for people to make a lot of money? I think both. You know, what was interesting talking to the Rose guy is that it, it seems like the the some money has peaked in the wrong places, perhaps. Like, I, you know, I, I haven't really dug too deep into the business fully of like the big major growers and suppliers and infrastructure companies and that kind of stuff. But like when I talked to the Rose guy, you know, it did not sound like they were flourishing and just like printing money. Um, You know, their cost basis is pretty high. They spent a lot of money on their, on their fruit and, um, and their product. He was talking about like eventually having his own farm and maybe that would be more efficient, but it's a scale game. You're, there's a lot of pricing pressure. I think people are, I mean, I don't know. I don't base any of my decisions on price at all with with this stuff. We don't. Because, we don't look at tags, baby. I mean, it's just like you know, it's like once every couple of months I buy something. So who cares how much it is? Um, mm-hmm. But well, he says having lived here for a month, we'll see. Um, <laughs> That's I mean, um, but you know, real so talk. and and then the the speaking of dispensaries the place where i found this stuff which is actually to me the most like the classiest store i've been in is called i think sweet flower um in the arts district i think there's one of those on melrose as well i think i jog by it and then there's one somewhere else i think sweet they're they're kind of like the blue bottle of dispensaries though bro yeah i'll put yeah and that's i use that pejoratively uh, it's kind of what i'm into sorry (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we hate blue bottle on this podcast. None of our homies like blue bottle. Yeah, that's well, right. look, if if you can bottle. find me the Maru of dispensaries, I'm in. Jason might have that actually. He's the he actual guy to ask. You know what? I can find you more than one. Okay, great. Let's do it. We'll chat offline. Uh, Dan, well, actually, that, that brings us to Dan's Dan's uh, newsletter, The New Consumer, which is um, uh, the only newsletter I pay for. But Oh, man. Thank you, Dan. Same. Dan, what's up with all these fucking newsletters, bro? I want to. We, we've talked about it a few times on the podcast. Even but Chris Black has at, one for Christ's sake. As I know, when it gets to me, you know it's fucking all the way trickled down. This shit is over. But but why 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 do you think they've had such an explosion during quarantine? And are people really going to pay for that many many uh, subscriptions? Do you think that's really feasible? And why is Substack ugly? Sorry, it's a three part question. <laughs> 
I'm going to start with number three, <laughs> which is why I don't use Substack. Um, yeah, I, I <laughs> it is, it's not, it, it's a little ugly. Um, they're focused on other things. They're focused on getting all these people signed up. It's been, it, it has been crazy. I think there's a few things going on. One is that, you know, everyone had a blog uh, five to 10 years ago or a Tumblr or, you know, people were even really interested in posting on Instagram um, there's just, the, the feeds are such a mess these days. Uh, you know, Twitter is, is beyond addicting, but also just like everything on Twitter, either Twitter is either a zero or you get 10,000 faves on, on a tweet. And then you can't look at your mentions for four days. Feast or um, famine. Don't talk about <laughs> Nicki Minaj or BTS. Just a pro tip. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I think, I think that's part of it. Another part is that. Um, you know, media companies have been doing a lot of layoffs. Um, re- mm. Journalists have, and not to say just journalists, but like people have found that, um, you know, I hate the term personal brand, but it's a real thing. People have, people have found, especially in the media industry, that it's really, really, it's really good to have people following you directly and not just as part of the publication you write for. Um, totally. You know, especially if you are going to leave after a couple of years or if you're a freelancer and bounce around a lot, it's really important to have a, a direct relationship with your audience. And, tw- you know, for me, Twitter is probably the strongest place where that happens. I tweet a lot less than I used to. Um, I guess for context, like I've been a professional journalist on and off for 15 years. So, you know, I've, I've worked at big places like Forbes and Vox Media, and I've run my own sites before. Um, my last job, I was the editor-in-chief of, of a tech site called Recode, where we had, you know, super famous people working on our teams who had, like Kara Swisher, who had built up uh, a personal brand following mm-hmm. in the millions over the years. So, you know, I, I think people have kind of grown up seeing how important it is to have that relationship. On the on the other hand, like Twitter is so, um, Twitter is is just like kind of a mess and is so driven by what matters that moment that it's a little hard to have. It's it's hard to have like a, a nuanced discussion on Twitter these days. Dan, um, this is why we pod. It's true. Honest, I mean, it's why we pod. It's why we newsletter too. You can write. <laughs> You can write it. Uh, is it true that know, a newsletter I, is like a podcast, but with with written word instead? Yeah, it takes fucking ten times longer to do it. I should just do a podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Dan, we got Dan rethinking his entire business Look, structure in only half an hour. Everyone, Dan, but yeah, I, if someone I'm, could just print out the podcast, then I wouldn't have to write the newsletter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got. But I, I see what you're saying, though. So you're that's saying part that, of it, and like the you know everyone reads their email so you can have a newsletter audience in the thousands and those can be important people because they all check their email um it's you know it's it's easy it's lightweight it's it's i think i find it easier to start than writing an article although my newsletter tends to look more like an article than than other newsletters but it's easy just to kind of start writing um and there's a bit of a fat element to it like i think probably the most common number of newsletters sent among all newsletters is one followed by yeah. two. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And I, you know, embarrassingly, like I have a newsletter, another newsletter that I never send and I'm embarrassed about it. Cause there's like over 3000 people on the list and I'm just sitting here. 
on it. That's my airline points newsletter, which is kind of irrelevant these days. Yes, um, I was about to say. Maybe get into not that the right later. time. And then the, yeah. th- the third part is like you can charge for a newsletter. It's a it's very interesting kind of paywall because unlike a website where you know, I mean, I'm, I'm about to cancel my Wall Street Journal subscription because just every time I'm on the site, it's logged me out, and it's so annoying to keep having to log in. And we hate trash UX. We re- hate that. Reset your password every single time. Shout out to like, Jacob Gallagher. What's good? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're so. Your your newsletter is just the basically you're saying a newsletter is, is the easiest way to get the information. It's an easy way to set up a paywall though because it's easy to gate off who gets the newsletter and who doesn't. I mean, people can forward it, and I'm sure they do, and I know they do, but <laughs> and that's fine to a degree. But it is easy to because it's push based, and you know, until Google fucks with everyone with Gmail algorithms even more, it is pretty democratic. Like you know. Email is either going to go through or it's not. It's not like yeah. trying to post a link on Facebook and good luck finding out whoever sees that. And they probably want you to pay you to pay them to juice it and that kind of stuff. So you can, you know, and like in, in several cases, I know some people who've started real businesses off their newsletters. Um, that's not new either. Like, again, when I worked at Forbes.com 15 years ago, there was a whole floor of people there writing investor newsletters that they probably charge thousands of dollars a year for. Um, Damn. Because uh, it's so specialized, though, because that's so specialized in like a high net worth consumer wants that. Bingo, yeah. Like if, if, you're, if you're making or losing money or thinking you can make more money off of that kind of information, then it has a pretty high value. Um, you know, and then businesses are used to spending a lot of money for – analysis and stuff like, you know, Forrest, Forrester and Gartner research and that kind of stuff. So there's always been a professional content budget in, in companies. Yeah. Well, I was going to, I was going to ask if that's a big part of your customer base, subscription base is, is, is it a lot of like, you know, corporate for lack of a better term? Yeah, I think so, for sure. I mean, in terms of big corporate memberships, I only have two and they're not big, but uh, I probably shouldn't have said how many I have. Well, anyway, I have two. Um, but I have a lot more people who are signed up who are who's definitely expensing it. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I think that's that's kind of where I um, I'm focusing my my business. So the new consumer is about how and why people spend their time and money. I, I kind of analyze the intersection of technology and consumer brands. And a lot of my readers are founders investors, executives, either at like direct-to-consumer brands or e-commerce companies or tech companies or venture capital firms who are... Or broke boys like Chris and I. Yeah, Yeah. or guys with a podcast that love to make fun of the new pot and pan startup. (laughs) (laughs) Or or even worse, a non-alcoholic alcohol. Oh, yeah, we got to get into that. We got to get into that. We'll talk about that in one second. I'll finish answering your question. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's like two groups. There's... People like me who are doing this as my as my career, as my job. This is my full time job. It you know it pays the rent. It's it's doing really well, and I really like doing it. It's the best job I've ever had. Um, but I charge two hundred bucks a year, and again, I'm assuming that almost everybody is expensing it somehow or getting you know career value out of it um, yeah. or, or educational value. Hopefully, either a gig or you know I don't know whatever make some sort of professional connection or making um, money off of selling it for $100 a year. 
Yeah. Yeah, retransmitting. Which is it. what I do. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a bunch of these people who are kind of doing this for fun who maybe set up like $4 a month or $40 a year or something, memberships. And, you know, we'll see. I don't know how those are going to do. I, I think that if you're if you have a you know a hundred friends who want to pay you four bucks a month and maybe that pays for drinks for everyone once or twice a month when drinking is allowed or whatever <laughs> um, in public cool I don't know how many of those are gonna get tens of thousands of subscribers and like become a career for people um, but on the other hand like I do know people who have basically set themselves up as effectively artists and you know, have set up membership programs, um, you know, in the hundred hundred dollar a year range, and are making six figures a year off of that, and really building up like a multimedia program where they do newsletters and podcasts and yeah. and, and books and that kind of stuff. Um, my friend Craig just accidentally sold out of a of a book and made you know and and generated uh, almost a hundred grand in revenue in two days. And, you know, a lot of it was, was driven through his membership program and selling memberships on top of that. So it's a really interesting model. I'm, I've been, I had been studying it for a couple of years. I had a couple of friends who were doing it and, um, I dig it. I think it, I think it really works well if you're the kind of person who can, who, who likes experimentation and figuring out what kind of stories people want to read that they want to pay for, that they will get enough value out of that. They'll want to remain a, a member, and um, you know every day is different. Some stuff works better than I thought. Some stuff works very poorly. Um, but it's uh, we can re- we can relate to that. Well, what, yeah. what do you what do you think the right um, recipe is for a successful newsletter like yours? You know, in terms of information versus the the personality that you editorializing. In, yeah, your editorialization. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I figured it out necessarily. I, I think the most successful one is this guy Ben Thompson, who writes Stratechery. Um, what a name! You know, he he he's basically an analyst. That sounds like some nerdy shit to me, Dan. It's it's very nerdy, and like, <laughs> and the most important nerds in the world are reading it, Read it. And, and and paying for it and paying for it. Um, what's the what's the cost looking like? What's the ticket looking like? He started off at a hundred. He, he bumped it to one twenty this year. And back then a hundred was like, what this guy wants a hundred bucks for a newsletter. And then, you know, he's making probably several million dollars a year now Damn. Um, doing it. And so str- you know, it's strategy strategy tech. Exactly. It's, it's mm. analysis. It's, you know, news yeah. is news is a commodity now. I can't compete with Bloomberg on information flow or, you know, just like how quickly I get information out to people. They have thousands of employees. Mm-hmm. They're going to be much faster than me. I can tell you better than them, though, what it means and what's going to happen next in my, in my field. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I can tell you what's interesting. They can't really do that. I yeah. can tell you what's important. They just kind of have to tell you everything. Um, I can tell you what I think based on my mm-hmm. you know, expertise or, or time studying something. It has to be – I think it has to be a, a personal thing but not um, but not like, oh, check out my feet. You know? Well, actually, that might do well too. <laughs> Shit. Sure. Uh, I mean – Here's but a drawing I, of my feet. Are you, are you talking about only Maybe that would do well. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that people I do think there's a necessary, you know, there's a necessary amount of personality that has to be injected for people to care. You know what I mean? I think what you're saying like 
if it's straight analysis that attracts a very different kind of person than like a little bit of a, of an editorial take on things, which I, I mean, I, I prefer the latter, I think personally, or would prefer to pay for the latter at least. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what makes your newsletter really good too, is that it's, it's the world through your lens and your, your curiosity. And I think that, I think a lot of people, you know, there, people aren't going to pay for a hundred of those, but if there's a couple people that they are, have been kind of following for, you know, a year or several years and appreciate their point of view and their perspective on things, I think people will pay for that or, or, you know, whether or not in money in, in time and attention and, um, you know, some of my stuff is free. I'm still figuring out what the right balance is between free and paid. Free and paid, yeah. Because um, the free, free stuff well, the idea is the, goes the free a lot will, farther. But the idea is the free stuff will bring in the paid consumers. Yeah, exactly. Like having Although, one, one episode of your podcast free, one episode on, on a, <clears throat> a Patreon paywall. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it's it's all an experiment. There's no, like, perfect plan that just works for everybody. It you know, you have to kind of figure it out. I do think there's, I think this thing has legs though. I think, I think it's going to be, I don't, I, I don't think everyone's going to quit the New York times and do this. People, <laughs> I, you know, a lot of people still get a lot of benefit from working for a corporation and also totally. healthcare, you know, I mean, healthcare is a big part of it. If, yeah. if my wife, Lauren didn't have insurance, um, I don't think I'd be able to do this, or we'd have to. So Dan, out. you're saying you're not, you're, you're not willing to die. River. You ain't willing to die for your newsletter, Dan. That's un, that's unfortunate. That's I thought you were really about yeah, this. Because Dan, Dan, we would die for this shit. Not at the yeah, same. we would die for this shit. I'm I'm too old now. So you were talking. Uh, you were talking about how you're not going to be flying anymore for for anytime soon, and you ha- you had a website or you had a newsletter that was dedicated to the point system and the mileage and everything like that. Yes, um, pointsparty.com. Points don't plug. Don't plug. <laughs> we'll give you an opportunity to plug. Okay, don't don't plug without our, our blessing. Cheap, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> no. So what do you think uh you know I think that's like an exciting thing, you know, similar to you know credit card points and all that stuff. Are there any other industries that you think might adopt that point system and you know and take over now that you're never going to fly again? Right. Travel was good because it's a um, it's a perishable good. Like if people are not in that seat or in that room, it goes, mm-hmm. you know, no one, no one's saving anything. You're, you know, uh, yeah, no one has to clean it, but like, mm-hmm. um, so, and so, so they could fill those seats with people on points and, you know, do better than if it were totally empty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, travel was just so aspirational. So it really made mm. a lot of sense for the, banks and credit card companies to kind of really focus on those relationships with travel companies, airlines and hotels and stuff. Sure. I don't know if there's another industry that is going to take over. I mean, right now, like if you have a Chase Sapphire, you can cash points in and use them for Instacart groceries. And, and, and like I applaud that as a kind of improvised way yeah. to make – Timely something out of nothing during a time when people are hurting and like need literally need groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, I, I would say like the, the thing that's always been there is just never been the best value is just cash back. Um, and it was interesting to see Apple focus on that with their credit card where it's like, yeah, we don't, we don't fuck around with points here, mm-hmm. guys, you get, 
cash. Either 1%, 2%, or 3% cash back. Did you get the Apple on. card? I do have the Apple card. I feel like I can't be seen with that. I don't know. Why not? You know what? I stopped. Uh, I don't carry it around because it's so thick and, and so hard that it's oh, actually. Whoa, uh, hey, whoa. It's, it's, no, it's, it's affecting the way his Goyard is. Is looking the, yes. the Louis the Louis wallet can't handle another card. The, I understand the girth on that card <laughs> and mm-hmm. the density and the sheer whiteness uh, of it in this climate. It's the not it's, you, of it. It's yeah, actually, it's actually the whiteness of the level of that card is problematic in 2020. I would say. <laughs> I would. I would actually. I mean, it's, I would it's, say it's that, the whitest credit card you could have, both in literal color and in spirit. Yeah, they made it. They didn't think about that. They also isn't it isn't it a a, a, a partnership with Goldman Sachs? Oh yeah, that's probably the only thing that Chris would like about it. I, I don't. I just, you know, I'm an Apple product user for sure, but the cult of it is never done much for me. You know, yeah. like I'll always buy the products, but the the interest and in like that they get, I just like the idea of watching guys talk about what computer is coming out next just doesn't really appeal to me. But I'm not a power user, so yeah. I mean, for me, I would just say that that, that card it makes it hard to sit on my wallet, so I don't carry it around. Dan, uh, first of all, I do, you yeah. can't sit on your wallet, Dan. That'll give you bad back problems. Oh, I, I think my spine has adjusted. I, I would guess that my left ass <laughs> That's not is a great like thing. You don't want half it. inch so smaller want it to do than that. my right ass. I've been watching so many chiropractic videos on YouTube. I'm here. I could probably come fix you. So just, just let me know if it gets really bad. I mean, There's like a one of sciatica. The, that's one of the many benefits of the quarantine. Oh, I shouldn't say that. That's, you know. <laughs> One of the sacrifices we're making here. Is we call to, them we call them silver linings. Silver on this linings. Show. You don't have to wear pants, and therefore you don't have to carry a wallet. And I, I, you know what is, you know what's really affected me negatively in this fucking quarantine is, you know, you might know this about me, Dan. Jason definitely does. I'm a, die, I'm a diehard cash daddy, and mm. I have actually. A lot of places are using COVID, this little virus, quote unquote, uh, as a reason to stop taking cash. Yeah, QN on Chris wants to figure out a way that he can still carry many, many pieces of feces, COVID, and cocaine-laced <laughs> paper that was made 40 to 50 years ago. I think but nothing I, makes Chris happier than paying an out-of-network ATM fee. Am I right? Oh, actually, Dan, yes, in theory, but you know, it's so funny you say that. Years ago, friend of the show, Jake Davis, was like, I won't go to an ATM that is not my bank. I just made it a thing and that's what I do. Yeah. And I've actually stood by that in the last like three to four years. Well, you're, you're not, not living to- if you haven't been in an emergency where you don't have that option. Well, Jason, I've obviously been in an emergency. Okay, I bought drugs after midnight. I've, <laughs> I've used a fucking bodega ATM to take out a thousand dollars in increments of a hundred. But like, it's not. It's not something I'm proud of. You know what I mean? No, it's you just, should it's be proud. Reality. Of that. It's pretty cool. But I, I do. I mean, I think those fees can get pretty astronomical, Dan. And you know, as a guy who likes to waste money, I try to waste it smartly. Yeah, same. Mm. You know, I, I try to wa- I try to waste it in in places where it deeply benefits me or makes me feel really good. I'm, I'm guessing you never had this simple bank account, right? Uh, no, I've I've actually only bank I've been with Bank of America for ten years at least. And I oh, know nice. it probably sucks, but everybody, you know, banks are banks to me. I, I'm similar. I'm not going to say which bank I'm at, but it's it's wow, it's another wow. Must uh, be nice, okay, man. Elon. Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck? What do you why Why won't you say what bank? Is it a credit union? Have you ever had your SIM card swapped? I don't ever want to deal with that kind of crap again. Uh, yeah, okay. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, I don't can know. you can you at least hit us with the routing number? <laughs> yeah. I think I think once I wrote a, a newsletter about Bitcoin and that's why 
someone tried to hack into my my SIM card. Mm. Perhaps. Oh Actually, while God. I have you on here, uh, expert Dan, for all of those websites that do password management, yeah, do you have any any recommendations that that stand head and shoulders above the rest? People always talk about one password. Yeah. Okay. I believe that's what we use, thanks to James Ellis, my tech guru. Oh yeah. I'm thinking about making the switch over to it. I've been getting a little. I've been getting some emails about like people trying to sign into my shit in Madagascar. It's just it's just me. It's just you. I have it's a just- I have a WordPress that um, when the day WordPress launched, I signed up for travel.wordpress.com. So I have that shit. subdomain, and I've never used it. Is that so something that ever- you can sell? I don't know if I can sell it, but someone tries to log into it every single day. <laughs> <laughs> Like every day every I get an email day? from a password reset. Someone's trying to to get into Damn, it. That's, that's amazing. Kind of sweet, every actually. single day is every single day is really. I mean, small. I should have by now set up a filter so I just don't get those emails. But hey, no, let's live a little. Sometimes it's exciting to get an email. Reminder: email I'm still alive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a it's a classic pulse. Brother, check. when I stop getting that email, <laughs> something's wrong. Okay. Dan, speaking <laughs> of travel, you, oh sorry, go ahead, Chris. No, no, I want I want to talk about travel more with. Yeah, I wanted to talk about Dan traveling to Los Angeles to start his new <laughs> life in the not better, not best, but better city. <laughs> <laughs> well, Dan, yeah, because you you guys kind of just pulled the trig. Yeah, yeah, it was it was definitely somewhat of an impulse uh, impulse. Decision. Did you purchase a house without going inside of it? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, see, I think that Dan's qualifies baller, as, as in Dan's on his big baller shit, Jason. That's why he can't give out his bank info. I love he's it. Buy, I mean, he's he's buying houses Dan on site, check like tags. no sites. He's like, all right, is it a house? Does it work? All right, I'll take it. <laughs> Dan sent his manager in on Facetime and just like, all right, this looks good to me. Is the house currently <laughs> on fire? No. All right, we'll we'll take it. No, but there was uh, someone set a trash fire outside this morning. <laughs> I was like, why are there fire trucks here? That's not a good sign. I um, told you not to move to Highland Park, Dan. Yeah. Um, I mean, how do you like it so far? It's great. I mean, you know, it's uh, it, we're in a very walkable spot here. So Chris has been over mm-hmm. for a socially distanced rooftop uh, hang. It is, a, it's a, it, it is an interesting – it's fairly walkable. You know what I put Dan – you know what Dan's relatively close to, Jason, is, mm. is uh, Taco Zone, which he wasn't familiar with. Oh, um, Dan, you eat meat, right? Of course. Yeah, get the, get the Suadero tacos from Taco Zone if you haven't already. I'm going to have to check that out. I have not been there, no. That's not the one in the parking lot of the, uh, of the Vons. car yeah, wash. Yeah. It's the parking lot of the, the grocery store, yeah. the Vons. Oh, Vons. Yeah, yeah. I haven't and been there yet. Their logo, I gotta hit it up. their logo is a flip on the iconic AutoZone logo. Um, oh, because oh, right across the street from AutoZone? And it has the word zone in the name. Whoever, uh, clearly a fan or a patron made it because it's, it's very well done. That is genius. genius. I'm, I'm sure a local hotshot graphic designer took a That's swipe exactly at that. You know. So, so you you live in LA with your partner, and neither of you can drive or possess a driver's license, or ever have. However, damn, <laughs> she has she has uh, now taken three lessons and is peer pressuring me to do the same. So, and you, it's going to not have any interest in driving. I do now. I mean. So, you know, I grew up in Chicago, like two blocks from a 24-hour CTA, you know, the train, the red line. Mm-hmm. So, I, and all my friends had, 
had cars and they could pick me up. So it was a lot easier to just not have to worry about. So you, you were know, the hot friend of the group, is what like you're that. saying? Oh yeah, but you know they they wanted to drive around. <laughs> Known hottie so Dan from me. It was, you know, it, it worked out for everyone. Um, and mm. then Uber happened. Driving is for the and, help. And I was living in New York, so it was. But then you'd wind up in rural Italy, you know, being the <laughs> being the one guy who's like, "Oh, I gotta WhatsApp my cab driver and see if he can come find us." Um, no, Dan, Dan's Dan. Dan just want to cop a Tesla, Jason. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so you, yeah, you, you're not going to get the Alfa Romeo stick shift to putter. Nah, he's, putter getting that, he's getting that. He's getting that. That new Tesla, the Y. That's what I could see. Dan. Is, it, is it Y on this side, Dan? I don't. We haven't figured that out yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lauren really wants. I guess like it depends a, on just how well that newsletter is doing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think. Oh, is it, the, is it three the, series the, good or is it the cheap Tesla? Well, after after. After this podcast launches, the subbies about to be through the motherfucking roof. Yeah, so. let's get some new subs here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, calling them all subbies. of our listeners love to do one thing and one thing only, and that's splash out on Substack. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> we don't know what car we're going to get, but mm-hmm. I would say there's definitely some uh, aesthetic con- consideration. So <laughs> it probably won't be a Tesla. I don't know. I, it, <laughs> The shade. I don't know. Uh, I, sure. I care how the car looks, so I won't get a Tesla. Um, hey, the Tesla is a good I car, think, right? I think they look fine. I, you know, I grew up in a Honda Accord, Toyota Corolla situation. Mm-hmm. So, and then we had a minivan, a Dodge Caravan. So, salt of the earth, Dan. I love to hear it. You know, very so you're white, kind white. of practical. My mom drives a Subaru now. Damn, you're really white. Shit, okay. Dan, did you know that <laughs> when, when you Google your name, when you type in Dan, F-R-O-M, Google then autofill corrects to Dan from Gossip Girl? <laughs> Is that something that you knew about your SEO? I like it. It's my How is your SEO? Your SEO is pretty good, right? It's not bad. I think there's like a guy who works for the government, but I, I'm pretty much the only one. Damn, must be nice. Yeah. Uh, did you get now? Do you do you get do you see huge bumps after like really popular? Like, I, do do you see like a correlation between like pot like a newsletter opens and subscriptions? Um, not really. No, it, it's it's more like it, it. Two things drive new subscriptions. One is writing a, a great article that's about something that people want to read about, but more importantly, that people are talking about. Um, so. That that brings me to my next question, and I don't know if it's something that you necessarily want to talk about, but uh, our good friend Allison Roman. I mean, that, a lot of people read that article. I, that drove some new memberships, but really not that many, and probably not people who have really stuck around. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't. Yeah, I feel like that was so big that it's like yeah. not the kind of people who even care. That was that was like literally two thousand times more readers than normally read one of my articles. Jesus or maybe Christ. more than that. Maybe twenty thousand times. Um, Interesting. Because no, that, that was a public that was a stuff. was that a public newsletter originally? It was yes, I made that one free to read from the beginning. Yeah, so for um, our listeners who don't know the the article, the story that where where Roman caught the smoke and got cancelled ish was was from an interview on Dan's newsletter. Yeah, that that didn't feel great to be honest. Um, yeah. 
you know, it, it was, I, I liked having a substantive conversation with her about what she wanted to do with her career, but it was not fun for me mm-hmm. by any means. Did see. people come, did people come for you? Um, I got some nasty emails about some aspects of it, but yeah. it, you know, not, not nearly sure, sure. what she had to deal with. Um, and you know, she, she said all that stuff. I didn't, it wasn't my words, but yeah, it, it wasn't fun to be the venue. No, for that. of course not. No, yeah. of course not. But I think it's interesting to, to like, you know, to be on your side of that while you're doing your job and being a reporter and you don't even, you know, that stuff doesn't jump out at you at the time. Cause you're like doing a job. You I mean, know what I mean? Especially doing it alone. It's a yeah. little hard to, yeah, I, I'm. I'll be more paranoid in the future. Well, yeah, um, I was gonna say it might be something. You know, how does that affect the way you think about what you have just written before you hit that send button? Right, and I am. I always have been very, very, very paranoid about that when it's my writing. But because this was someone else's words, yeah, I was mm-hmm. more focused on making sure they were accurate than mm-hmm. necessarily like overanalyzing what the response would be. Um, and, and again, because most of my stuff is for a small audience of, you know, executives and professionals, they're, they're, that's usually not really even mm-hmm. part of my line of thinking. Um, sure. but so something like that, like that doesn't actually drive a lot of business. What, what, what's more helpful is, um, going on, a, going on a popular podcast mm. or, being written about in another newsletter or something like that. So there's, that, that makes sense. Well, I mean, I think yeah. that the. Well, go ahead. No, I just think that all the stuff – I mean I think what you're talking about seems niche in some ways but also seems like that's where business is heading in such a general sense that that it's going to grow organically, I think. Totally, um, yeah. And if anything, like I worry I'm not niche enough. Like I need to be even mm. – You know. Yeah, I can see that. I know what you mean. Yeah, doing this uh, show will put a little hair on your chest in the eyes of your, your fans and, and <laughs> you'll get niched up. Well, th- the same way that podcasters will kind of help – cross-pollinate each other's shows to 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 the rising tide to raise all ships do do newsletter writers do the same thing to feature each other i think so yeah i mean i i fucking nerds have (laughs) (laughs) never never (laughs) hell no fuck them fuck them other newsletters fuck you Um, it's like the blog roll of the of the current era forgot about the word blog roll I mean, truly, I do truly think a terrible not, word, <laughs> but I do think that's what the newsletters are. I, mean, I think newsletters are blogs, and we talked about this on the last episode with Kyle. Um, I just, he had some thoughts on it too, but I do, I do think that's the reality. It's just, it's just blogs that you pay for, and you only hear the voices you want to hear. Um, and I, I, I'm like both for it and miss blogs at the same time. You know what I mean? But I guess that. It's all about monetization. Yeah, it's, it's, now, it's just the same it. thing as a blog that is delivered on your doorstep like a newspaper used to be. And you don't have to yep. click on it. You don't have to remember to find it. It's just already sitting there when you wake up. Yeah, I mean, and that's to answer one of your earlier questions. That's why I don't use Substack. I do like having control over how it looks. And, you know, <laughs> for my site, like, I, you know, I do wish I had 50% more time than I do to put into the graphical elements of it and you know, maybe even hire illustrators sometimes, but yeah, you know, I, I picked the fonts on my site. They're, you know, obscure fonts from New Zealand. I picked the, I designed my own logo and, and it is nice. It is nice and clean actually. 
Get you a man who can do it all, Jason. You know what I'm saying? That's Dan Frommer right here. This motherfucker's cranking out the content. He's making the artwork. Like, mm-hmm. it's a one-man newspaper. I, I, that, that's what drew me to this. He is records his own control. TikToks, the whole thing. I do exactly, my own TikToks. Yeah. His, his own reels. His reels is really popping from what I've heard. Yeah, so. I wanna, let's my talk reels. about reels, actually, oh Dan. Oh, my God. Because you, you, <laughs> you, it doesn't sound like you love reels. Uh, reels uh, being Instagram's answer to a TikTok. You, you, wrote, um, you wrote about that. I have not. I have yet to create a reel, and I don't think it's something that I will ever do. Do you think that there is a way that we can use reels to our advantage, you know, personally speaking, Chris and I on our Instagram presence? Can you dance without moving uh, side to side at all? That's the whole thing, right? It's like, <laughs> how do I dance in a nine by 16 aspect ratio? <laughs> uh, I think that's the yeah, focus, I can, right? I, 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 I can't isolate my hips as well as Chris can, but uh, yeah, I can stay within that 16 by nine. Right, how it's bad actually is, how bad for, is it for tall people? Mm-hmm. That's a good point. How bad is it going to fail, Dan? Like, do you give it a year or less? Well, it's interesting how they've kind of made IGTV somewhat useful, even though it is a failure, by letting you archive <laughs> your live streams on there or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, you can see why they had to try it, right? Like, yeah, of course, yeah, definitely. Although it's it is still a, a departure from the early. I don't know, the first like half decade of Instagram where they're like, yeah, we're not adding any new features. Fuck you guys. Um, and then they added Snapchat. And then they added Snapchat, which worked so well, actually, because... Yeah. I mean, the, the stories are the only thing that I really post on. Like, I, my, my grid Same. is not really popping. Yeah, it's a great format, and it really worked well for the Instagram network, whereas the whole thing about TikTok is that the network doesn't matter at all. It's just the algorithm. So, um, mm-hmm. you know... Uh, there are enough people on Instagram that if some of these videos become popular, they can get people to watch them. Uh, I I don't care for the for the style or the format. I just don't. Uh, it's not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I I know it's for a lot of people, so I should you know. I, I try not to let that cloud They're my dumdums my judgment. Yeah, it's gonna um, go away. It'll. If it doesn't work, they're going to bury it, but or they might discontinue it. But that's the whole. You got to try a bunch of stuff. That's the whole point of Dan. Of what are, What are your thoughts on Twitch? Pro- I, also, not something I really use, but I understand why it's so popular. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think I think and it's I, time I for Digital see, Dan to branch out a little bit. I mean, what I've said before is digital like, Dan. if YouTube existed when I was in high school, I would either be a YouTuber with millions of fans, or I'd be in jail. So. <laughs> You got two roads and two roads only. Right. Do you subscribe to YouTube? Do you pay for YouTube Premium? No, man. Oh, man, <laughs> that is like every time too. They want you to. It's they want. The, the, honestly, the only reason to pay for it is for the videos to play when it's not when, when the, the, the window is closed. That's the only reason to pay for but it. The, it's, that's, it's crazy. That's different than the the YouTube TV, or is it the same? It's different, yeah. Okay, because my 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 uh, my life partner's parents have YouTube TV yeah. at, on their Samsung TV at home, and that's it, no cable. And using yeah. it is a little weird. I mean, the first rule of Google is they have to have fourteen versions of the same product mm-hmm. with different names. So, um, yeah, I there mean, are there are currently nine or ten different YouTube premium options, probably. And and HBO, HBO Go, HBO Max, yeah. Ugh. Exactly. So I, I no, I don't pay for that. Um, 
You're right, Chris. One of my favorite things is actually to find like a two-hour live concert on YouTube and listen to it while I'm on a plane. Although I guess Whoa. there's no no flying anymore. It's good so background wanna, music. You, you want to hear Archers of Loaf live from the, the empty bottle in, in 1996. There's like a three-hour Father John Misty concert that whenever I fly to L.A. I play. Wow, I'll I, really I would get do that too zone. if I was trying to fall asleep as well. Hey, don't come for don't come for FJM. The first two records are classics. It's fall, he's fallen off, but the first two records are outstanding. Um, Where yeah, is he? I'll what is, what has he been up to? He's like all these guys are doing cover songs. I guess that's what you can do when you're. He's just he's somewhere in Los Feliz having sex with a girl right now. Is what Father John? <laughs> yeah, he's doing. Yeah. He's having he's having sex with someone closely related to fame and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> that's what I, that's what I would say. I don't. I mean, also he's done, but he he's written and produced and stuff. He he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I think I think guys like that also. It's like he's got enough money. You know what I mean? It'll, he'll he'll work Maybe. when it comes to him. Maybe. Oh no, I think I think Father I think at the uh, he was doing he was like pretty he was billed pretty high at like a lot of festivals for yeah. those years. We saw him really- at the uh Hollywood Bowl, which was one of the most um like surprisingly awesome venues and experiences. Oh I love Why we love so the bowl surprised? Because if that thing were in New York, it would be so shitty, it would be really dingy, mm, the escalators yeah. wouldn't work, That's the cow. food would suck. And, That's true. And we show up and we're like, whoa, this place is nice. Mm-hmm. Is that where we saw Casey Musgrave, Jason, or we see her at the... We saw her at the Greek. Um, Another. We were going to go see Morrissey at the Hollywood Bowl, but then your tickets didn't work. That's Yeah, I got I got sold fake tickets to Morrissey at the Hollywood Bowl, and we heard him start playing <laughs> oh, a Smith song from outside. <laughs> I got That happened to me once. I bought fake Hold Steady tickets on eBay. <laughs> I would have paid... <laughs> or Craigslist, Craigslist. Even worse. I would have paid a thousand dollars each for me and Jason to go to that show in the at that stage. I would have totally paid whatever because I was already there. I couldn't. I couldn't deal. That wasn't dark. And now he's canceled, so I can't see him again. Oh yeah, he he's always canceled though. I know, I know, but it's it's gotten extra bad. I think. Uh, Dan, you you seem to have a, a love of of Japan. What, yeah. What do you think? Um, what do you think those guys are doing over there that is that is working out? Uh, covid wise it seems like they seem to be decently business back to back to normal over there yeah it seems like it i mean i think they were way ahead of us on the masks and i think they just a have a, i mean i, I haven't I mean, they've I been, yeah, the they've actual been answer to this for like the question, last 10 years but i'm going to make up an answer which is i think they actually have a a competent leadership there and they listen to them mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. um i'm guessing yeah, that that's a sense. lot of it I think they also, um, I, I, you know, I wasn't there, so I can't tell you this, but it seems like they were less less obsessed with the the uh, hygiene theater of like <laughs> hygiene. Of hygiene theater, theater is a very sick term of what we've been doing with you know pouring pouring bleach on. Did on you? It. Is that a phrase that you have coined personally, or no? No, no, I've I've read it, okay. but I love it. Love I mean, it, it actually, comes from Jason. security theater of the air of the airplane, mm, but got it. Um, Jason yeah, is still theater. dipping his still dipping his bananas in alcohol before he eats them. And I told him to probably <laughs> stop that, but he he seems to Better, he's really holding I've on. I've grown accustomed to the flavor at this point, and you know that. I know it's a fla- it's a flavor issue. I see. It's now. better. It kind of brings some uh, of the complexities to life. You know, I the sanitizer that. on the on the uh, banana. <laughs> uh, it's pretty good. No, I, I think you know early on they were they were you know saying don't. Um, 
you know, don't do stuff where there's a lot of talking and in closed spaces. And it turns out that that's actually far more of a vector than, you know, your delivery, your UPS guy mm-hmm. handing off a, a poisonous package to you. So mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's what it is. Cause like, that's a super dense city with, you know, on the, yeah. on the subway, you're nuts to butts the whole time. But <laughs> if people are wearing masks and not talking, then it works. <laughs> I guess. Despite being nuts to butts. Yeah. I mean, I think people have also been staying home and, and working from home as well. But when, uh, when, what month, what year do you think, you know, I want you to speculate when you're going to be back in Japan? Sniffing, I mean, first question blossoms. is like, when are they going to let us back? I don't, <laughs> I'm not sure about that. That's I was hoping point. to go this year. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, probably, probably next year. I love going in the fall, like the late fall, early winter, because it's still very mild there, and um, and they just do Christmas really well in Tokyo. It's it's like a shopping holiday there, so it's kind of fun to God, go there. Don't do not get me started. Don't try to turn Ooh, me on. This Christmas podcast. in Tokyo. That's when I hear that, shopping. That does seem chic, I, especially if you I, don't like your family. Exactly. So it's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, but they shut everything shuts down. We were there. For, for Christmas once and everything shut down. So that was less great. I, I like going like early December. Um, it's really, really awesome there. Or like the week after Thanksgiving. That's a nice uh, pro or tip. The, or the early spring too when there's uh, cherry You know, well, with and, Japan, and there's no wrong time to go. Yeah. yeah I was like, no, no, right now is the wrong time to go. Sure. Do not go in July or August. It's like 110% humidity and 95 degrees. And it sounds I'd, like Dan's on the take from big Japan, Jason. Yeah, I don't know about the you. The board of, of tourism is deep into those pockets. Yeah. He's, he sounds like he's taking a page out of our hero, Tyler Brule's book. I need to ta- do that. I need to get some airline or tourist bureau to like, just bring me on board. Start showing I a little titty I, on the gram, and maybe we can put in, <laughs> yeah, yeah. put some calls in for you. But yeah. for now, you're not, you're not hard really enough, giving sweetie. us much to work with, sweetie. Exactly. Uh, Dan, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Uh, thank you. I, I'm a big fan of the show, so this was fun. We're a big fan of the newsletter. Guys, go go subscribe to The New Consumer if you have any interest in uh, the way business works, um, especially I think the listeners. I think the listeners of this podcast actually are very adept and, and understand what you're talking about. Like I think yeah. that stuff is, is, is definitely in line with our listeners. Um, it's worth every penny. Um, they can follow you on Twitter and Instagram at – From Dome. From Dome. Damn. So he does smoke weed. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, <laughs> that was my uh, E-World nickname in, two, in 1995. So. Jesus. That's, where, that's honestly where that belongs as the handle for the rest of your adult that's, life. That's too vintage for even, even I. Is it time Dan, to move on? Dan, no. welcome. <laughs> no, definitely Always not. comes straight from the from down, bro. Exactly. Uh, Dan, welcome to L.A. Uh, Thank you. Drivers of Los Angeles, beware. Um, <laughs> yeah, if you I, need I me to teach you how to drive, just let me Jason's know. Jason's well-versed. Yeah, we can, we can pick up a parking lot in Glendale. Um, Let's do it. <laughs> we, Dan, we'll see you soon. Thanks again. Thank you. Bye, Dan. Bye.